Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Take a sip from my WWF Niagara Falls cup before we start. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. You see, whilst the other lads from Cultaholic are watching the biggest weekend in indie wrestling, Shikara King of Trios, and all in from Chicago, we're hopping in our Ica powered DeLorean back to 1993 to watch WWF Raw. And who be we? I be fake Geordie, real radio presenter from the Geordie land, Tom Campbell. And I be with the main pen of Cultaholic, the man that wrote all those books that time, but quietly denies it. Justin Henry's here as well before his week off. Hello, Justin. How you doing there, Tommy? Is this week's show and your week off connected in any way not connected but it's a damn good coincidence uh yes we um as we said before we got started this is like the biggest weekend in independent wrestling for many reasons mm-hmm. and obviously all in being the main one and i've i've taken such joy from seeing so many pictures from star from Starcast the, the night before mm-hmm. and watching the show unfold and that but then i realized that we we got shafted having to watch this episode of Monday Night Raw instead. Well, it wasn't all bad because I, I I acquired the new Fire Pro game on uh, last Tuesday. <gasps> You've got it already. Yes, here in the states we do tend to get stuff a little bit quicker. Ah, oh, <laughs> I'm desperate to play it. Is it yeah, good? It, it it is tremendous. It is <sighs> basically the same as the one that came out for PS2, except it has way better graphics. Um, it has the current New Japan roster stands a few people, but the hell with that because I downloaded everyone from WBF 1991. Uh, I, said, I, said, I did see on Twitter, at JRH writing, <laughs> I did see that you were basically playing Monday Night Raw <laughs> 1993 yes. on your on your Fire Pro game. Uh, instead of uh, playing um, Okada versus Tanahashi or Okada versus Omega, I'm, I'm in the midst of recruiting the Warlord versus Davy Boy Smith. <laughs> Because that is of that is of higher interest to me. What a boy! Because there are there like a hundred characters in this game. No, there's actually a much smaller roster, although it has a ton of space for creating people. And also the characters, and this is what does my head interested about the 2K games is the fact that I want to so badly want to get back into create a wrestler mode in a wrestling game because I used to do mm-hmm. loads on No Mercy back in the day, but it's so it's it's so fiddly. 
it's like well, I, I haven't I haven't got the energy to 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 go and measure Shreddy Breck from North Wrestling's face so I can make him properly. I just well, haven't got the energy. Have you ever just let somebody else do it and go on community creations and download them yourself? I do that, but then a lot of yeah. the guys I want to play as they're they're quite niche and nobody's made them yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, with Fire Pro, there's. The community creations for this are, are at, at last check about forty five hundred guys deep. Oh man! So it's uh, and it's I've been out added... about ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, let me just pull the page up real fast. I'll, I'll tell you who the latest additions are to this game, as as created by the wonderful folks around the planet who are devoted to having accurate rosters, or just rosters. But because from any the character era. models look relatively simple in comparison to the 2k games they don't look like as big a ball ache to make mm. well here's uh here's who's, who's been uploaded in the last say last hour or so hayabusa minoru tanaka eva marie chris candido dean malenko i'm just one page flip here um scott hall john morrison the mountie oh good i need him uh, Shockmaster, Alexa, Michael Jackson. Wow. Both Dudley Boys, Sonya Deville, Undertaker, which, which appears to be 1998 era Undertaker, uh, Ethan Page, Bob Sapp, Floyd Mayweather, a couple Power Rangers, Big Dick Dudley, Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, Brandy Rhodes, Mo from Men on the Mission. I'm sorry. This is now over 7,000 uploads. Oh, 7,398. Oh, I can't wait. Boogie Woogie Man, Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant, Ricky Steamboat, Chris Adams, Eddie Gilbert, oh, Doug Furness, and Phil Lafon. Oh my god! It's so it's, it's it's so niche. I love it. I know, and it's like it's so weird how you download them too, because you just go on the website, you click subscribe, on the character you want, and then you load up the game. And it uploads them into the game automatically. Can you search a character for me? Uh, absolutely. Can you look what? up? And if someone's made this, then I'm I'm buying the game. I'm not going to blink. Can you look up H T Drake? H T Drake. H T Drake. All right. None. I'd have totally bought it if somebody had made HT Drake. <laughs> but you see, that's what you're for, to create him so that the world can have him. Well, that's it. Now I'm going to have to buy it to make HT Drake. Hi to Howard, if you are listening. He's <laughs> probably enjoyed the plug. Um, we can't put this off any longer, mate. We've got to talk about Monday Night Raw. <laughs> uh, Unless you just want to talk about who is on the list of the Fire Pro characters, because I'd be happy to do that for an hour. Yes, I w- I would rather recite characters from a video game made by creators from around the world than talk about what is unquestionably the worst episode of Raw to date. It was quite the show. So where are we? When are we, Justin? We're at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. It is the first episode of Raw outside of the Manhattan Center. March 15th, 1993, live episode. And the show was compromised by more than just crappy quality. Crappy weather, too. Yes, Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, at, yes, first week's show is Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and 
Well, it's Rob Bartlett, but we'll explain what his deal was this week in a moment. But see, this show was compromised slightly. And when I mean slightly, I mean drastically. At this point in time, we had this big storm in the United States. Its name, its name on Wikipedia is the 1993 Storm of the Century. And according to the synopsis here on Wikipedia, the storm stretched from Canada all the way down to Honduras. It's, wow, I'm reading, it's a huge storm. I'm reading here, it says, The storm is unique and notable for its intensity, massive size, and wide-reaching effects. It moved from the Gulf of Mexico through the eastern U.S. and moved before moving on to Canada. It, it, it took three days to fully dissipate. It, it dropped snow, either snow or low temperatures everywhere it went. It, it actually spawned tornadoes, this storm, and is responsible for killing, according to Wikipedia, 318 people. Jeez. Now, now being a New Jersey native, the storm did hit me, although it wasn't – in perspective, it wasn't terrible here. We got like eight inches of snow on a Friday night into a Saturday morning, which is for me was convenient because you'd rather have it on a Wednesday so you can have two days of school off after that and have a four-day weekend. That's the dream when there's a snow day. You want to hit, <laughs> you want it to hit and then last, so you get that extra long weekend. Yes, but unfortunately, roads were cleared by Monday morning, so we had a normal school week. Boo. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, that's, that's a hell thing to put in perspective. When you're talking about fatalities and lives being disrupted, it's like, oh, we only got eight, eight inches of the snow and the roads are clear. Oh, I gotta go back to third grade. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All problems that we had. Yes, yeah, see, overprivileged white boys, nine-year-old problems. We started the year here in the UK with a storm, a snowstorm called the Beast <laughs> from the East that blew across the north of England mainly and just shut everything down. There was major roads. There was there was there's one there's one major road in the northeast. There was many, but there's one which is the A1. And the A1 was shut overnight. So people had headed out in the morning, got completely swamped by this by this flash snowstorm and spent the night in their cars on the A1. And then they, they got moved out like the following evening. And Jeez. what this does is it really brings the world together. And one of the vehicles that got stuck in this snowstorm was a Greg's lorry. Uh, Greg's the bakers for those Americans who wonder what we're talking about. So this is they 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 sell all matter of sweet and savory baked goods, and they were on their way to deliver, and realised they were stuck there all night. So you had this wonderful scene, and it was the most Newcastle-y thing that could happen in Newcastle, <laughs> where a Greg's the bakers lorry is opening up, and everybody is eating pasties and donuts all up and down the A1. It was it was the human spirit personified. That that's a lot better than the Great New York blackout of 15 years ago, where everyone's walking across the bridge and has no idea where they're going and no idea what to do because, god damn it, the power's out. And that's terrifying. Hours. Yeah, it, it was mass hysteria. Like, is it a terror attack? No, it's just a freaking grid went out. Like, what do we do? Why do we function without electricity? So this threw um, Monday Night Raw into disarray. So there were people yes. that were meant to be there that weren't there. I think one of the scheduled matches was it was either Bam Bam versus Kamala or Bam Bam versus Typhoon. But either way, Kamala wasn't there and Bam Bam wasn't there. Typhoon and Razor were; they were scheduled, but it's a very thin roster. And from reading the 
from reading the synopsis on on historyofwb.com, there weren't even any dark matches on this show. No, it, it no was literally just whoever matches. whoever could get to that arena, you're on Monday yeah. Night Raw. <laughs> yes, there were ten wrestlers in the building. Apparently, wow. I don't know if anybody else was was even in there, but you have a tag team main event and three singles matches, two of which were a preliminary squashes, and and this was it. It was just a four match show for the people who had braved these horrible conditions to get there. And from so the show opens. We have Monsoon Heenan and Rob Bartlett, and we'll get to that in, a, in, in one second. You're already uh, gasping to yourself because I'm. I, I will go through the process of <laughs> when this show started. I hear Gorilla Monsoon's voice, and mm-hmm. I go, "Wow, Gorilla Monsoon! I love Gorilla Monsoon. This is cool. Mm-hmm. This is different." I then hear him say with Bobby the Brain Heenan, I'm like, whoa, this is this is commentary euphoria. This is the dream team. What was Justin talking about when he said this was a bad episode of Raw? Two of the greatest commentators with the greatest chemistry sure. that, 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 you've, that you've ever possibly known, like on the same team. And then I realized what you meant <laughs> because to their left was was blatantly Rob Bartlett. And when the nameplate came up saying, not Vince McMahon, and then I looked and realized what he was doing, I <laughs> I, I immediately died a bit. Yes, you see, Rob Bartlett, who a couple weeks ago had spent an entire broadcast impersonating Elvis Presley. And I warned my good friend Tommy here that it could be much worse and it will get much worse. And he had no earthly clue what I was talking about. For you see, Rob Bartlett has put on some prosthetics and a tuxedo and is quote-unquote dressed as Vince McMahon. Even though if you looked at him, you would not think for one second that he looks like Vince McMahon. He looks like your balding uncle who is trying to dress as Paul Bearer but wouldn't commit to the mustache. That's what he looks like. (laughs) It was... An awful look, and his face. I immediately saw he was pulling this. He was pulling this Vince McMahon style face that just made me really want to punch him. <laughs> he looks like the manager of a burlesque house who is paranoid that the cops are going to show up. <laughs> it is not a good look. Now, all could be forgiven if he does a good impression. Well, first, let me let me back up here. The reason why Vince isn't there is because he's accepting some award, some humanitarian award, in New York City. Why on the snowiest night in apparently a century he's getting an award on this on this evening is beyond me, but whatever Vince isn't there, so we have faux Vince. We have we have the Vincel ganger here. And it could have been forgiven if the impression of Vince was spot on. Now, Tom. I know you'd, you've watched wrestling long enough to have cultivated a pretty decent Vince McMahon impression. I think I do a pretty decent Vince McMahon impression because a lot like Jack Nicholson, it lends itself to impersonation. What all, I all you was... have to do is... Sorry, go, go on, ahead. my friend. No, I was going to say, all you have to do is just grunt the voice and spout catchphrases and laugh a lot. That's Vince. What I would say say. is, what I would say is that 
Rob Bartlett's impression of Vince McMahon to play devil's advocate wasn't completely terrible. There were points where he had clearly nailed the patter. But here's the thing. Don't do it for an hour. Because the novelty wears off really quick when you do it for an hour. He, uh, I will agree with you. There were some parts where he, not so much the cadence, but some of the terminology. And there was one part later in the broadcast during the main event where him and Monsoon had a funny moment that it, it, they hinged on absurdity and exasperation, and I did laugh at that. But this is his, this is his Vince impression. For those of you who don't want to fire up the WB network and, and subject yourself to this abject hell. He tends to, he tends to ramble in a manner that doesn't I mean okay Vince does the what a maneuver what a maneuver what there three god yes he does talk fast yes but he does it in the sh- straining out a crap sort of cadence what a maneuver you know that voice <laughs> well Rob Bartlett did not sound like that a couple times he did go Monday night raw like okay that part was easy and like and even an amateur can get that. He sounded like if Pootie Tang were an auctioneer. That's, that's what he sounded like. And of course, of course he would just speak in tongues for no reason. And Monsoon and Heenan were fed up with him. They couldn't hide their disdain throughout the course of this broadcast. They're having to work with this. Blimey. They start off, they start off very accommodating. And I think that's because they are ultimate professionals. But Mm -hmm. what we will learn, and it's not just with the commentary, this show is so off the rails. And the, the commentary is just one small part of the nonsense that unfolds. This is what happens when a snowstorm shuts down your, your show, but you insist on putting the show on with a skeleton crew. You get what we're going to get. You say rails and snow, and I'm thinking both may have been involved. <laughs> it's uh, so... It is what it is, and this is what we have. We, Monsoon, of course, assures us that anyone who is there is who can be there is there. Barlow is just jerking around and rolling his eyes. People are chaining Weasel for Bobby because Bobby's a star and they know it. And uh, Vince, Vince has the notes. Vince, I, I just say Vince or the SpongeBob Vance or whatever. Sounds nothing like him. We go to the intro as I'm dreading. I'm thinking. What's Tom going to think when he sees this? It's a shambles. It's an absolute shambles. Um, Gorilla Monsoon. I feel like Gorilla and Bobby have just been dropped into this and told, can you be commentators tonight? This is one hell of a rib. It does feel like that. Because Gorilla's kind of... You get the vibe Gorilla's winging it. Bobby's there and he's doing what he's doing. Um, and And it's only because... They they kind of they announce some of the things happening and they go oh Vince McMahon's not here because he's accepting an award da, 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 da. and then Rob Bartlett just goes it's Monday Night Raw and then we cut to the opening titles so I go that doesn't feel particularly polished 
This is going to be an interesting ride tonight. It, it was the auditory equivalent of a 30-day wellness suspension. <laughs> so it's it's the, the the issue is is having two absolute favorites and then a, a just a, a black eye. So you got Gorilla Monsoon <laughs> and Bobby Heenan, amazing. Rob Bartlett's there. Tell me, tell me this, Justin. Um, your yes. number one um, celebrity fantasy. Who's number one on your list? Oh well, I wasn't anticipating this question. I know. I'm just throwing this at you, so don't worry. Take your time. But who's one uh, of the first names that you come up with when you think number one celebrity fantasy? Um, are we doing all time here? Of all time. Okay, and that's easy. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Okay, Tiffany Amber Thiessen's in a jacuzzi. Who's your number two? Mm, my number two. Um, geez, you're putting me on the spot here. I'll throw in Stacey Keebler. Brilliant. Stacey Keebler's there. Stacey Keebler gets in the same jacuzzi as Tiffany Amber Thiessen. And then they invite you in. And you get in okay. the jacuzzi with them. And you're having a good time. And then Rob Bartlett does a Vince McMahon impression next to you. That's a mood well, killer. It is, but because of the circumstances that you have just mentioned, they're so astronomically unlikely and rare that I think I might be able to tune Bartlett out. Okay, well, and in I'll, that I'll, case... I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, in, in, that, in, in that scenario, I wouldn't have to worry about professionalism. I could beat him in the head with something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's make it more of a real concept. Okay, what is your <laughs> what is your number one favorite food? Uh, tacos. Okay, and what is your what is your number one dessert food? Um, cherry cheesecake. Brilliant. So you you're in a restaurant and you have been given free tacos to be followed by cherry cheesecake, <laughs> and Rob Bartlett's doing a Vince McMahon impression next to you. <laughs> Well, I would again point out the whole. Lack. I mean, it is it is <laughs> and then public. And so walks in. Well, I'm trying to impress her, so of course I'm going to beat him up. <laughs> the point but I'm yes. making is that no matter what two favorite combos you've got, whatever favorite combo you've got, Rob Bartler doing a Vince McMahon impression next to it is going to kill the mood. Yes, this is the only time that Monsoon and Heenan commentated on Raw together, and Rob Bartler has the be doing his Vince impression alongside them. It's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> it's genuinely sad. They were a team that could take a bad show and make it good. Like Survivor Series 91 was not a great pay-per-view, but goddamn their chemistry and their and their comic timing was fantastic. Just hearing Bobby him and Bobby going about Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis, who's Jim Lewis? Who's Joe Lewis? Will you stop? And they do they do work really hard in this show. Let's let's get into the show um, yes, because we spent a lot of time lamenting on the sadness of the Coventry team. Uh, I'm we, talking about Tiffany Amber Thiessen and, Tiff, and your thing for Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I'm not the only one. No, you you are one of many, sir. One of many. So opening <laughs> opening match tonight. Then you you what was what do we start with? We start with Razor Ramon taking on Russ Greenberg, who we have seen before, and we still see. Yes, he's and he's sporting one hell of a flat top mullet combination. Do you know what he's doing with himself these days? I do not. He is a MMA referee. Really? Yes. 
<laughs> he didn't do he did a little bit of light jobbing in the wwf in the 90s mm-hmm. but his true calling was always doing stuff with mma so you can follow him on twitter and he's a fascinating person to follow because he always talks about like the referee side of mma stuff he's really interesting that's actually uh that, that, that's pretty cool to see actually and you i will can say find him you... pretty quickly if you search for hashtag the third man in the cage that's normally the tagline he goes by okay and it is pretty cool to see someone doing something they enjoy or, or something i mean, given this weekend the story of jeffrey owens of the cosby show and how that's been a a big hot button issue. I don't know if you've heard about that. Yeah, I thought that was, <clears throat> I thought it was really disappointing. The fact that Fox News have just zoomed in on this guy who's just doing a normal job. That's it's just, that's just how it is. You know, people kick them when they're down or when they think they're down and like, hey, we're better than them. It was very so disappointing. I think if, if Jeffrey Owens is happy with what he's doing and he's in, he's in good health, mentally, physically, spiritually, then then rock on. It's a, it's just a shame Absolutely. that, and I think what was nice was, <clears throat> what was nice was that that seemed to be the mood when this article went up. It was a lot mm. of people saying, "Leave him alone. Watch your watch your beef. This this isn't being done for the right reasons. This is being done as a oh look at him these days. It was being done as a dig, and the general consensus was Fox News. You're you're a you're a bag of dead rats for doing that. How dare you? Let the man have a job and live. And that re- course, that me- kind of gave me a bit of faith in humanity once again. Mm-hmm. Of course, me being a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, my first thought was, hey, that's Donovan McNabb. Don't diss him. <laughs> there you go. We all, we've all got Jeffrey's back. <laughs> so it's Razor versus Greenberg. Bartlett is already hacking into this show with his pseudo Vince impression, although he does do the area thing. Right in the neck area, right in the facial area. Like he, he he's called onto that part of Vince's vibe. Yeah, it's, they're it's, good it's nowhere gags. near enough. They are good gags, they're good observations. But any any impressionist will only do an impression for a few minutes. Not an hour. <laughs> this is like hiring a Sinatra impersonator to work your wedding. Oh, Except yeah. Except you hired the lowest, the lowest bidder. But you don't know. But even that, even hiring a Sinatra to do your wedding, even hiring like a lookalike, is mm-hmm. is is better than this. Like for my mum's birthday a few years back, we had a surprise party. We hired an Elton John tribute, who mm-hmm. came along, sounded like Elton, looked like Elton, played some Elton songs, and then went. He didn't stay the whole night talking to everybody as if he was Elton John. Because <laughs> I would have punched him in the face. <laughs> would Elton John have ruined your Tiffany Amber Thies in fantasy? No, it would have enhanced him. <laughs> <laughs> Get in here, so... tiny dancer. <laughs> and hold me closer. <laughs> Philadelphia freedom. <laughs> Simple life. Um... Nikita was a song about a man. True story. But so, we all think it was about a woman. It was about a man. We were doing anything Nikita to distract Kolob. ourselves from this. We we're doing anything to distract ourselves from this crap we show. We are. We're desperately, desperately trying to distract ourselves from this <laughs> terrible episode of Raw. Now, that is nothing to say about this match, because this was an effective squash. Although Razor was getting wildly cheered. People, were, people probably just traveled through the worst conditions. This is before Uber. 
And uh, very true. Happy to see, very true. They're a happy to see wrestling, and b happy they don't have to listen to Rob Bartlett. And I think in in New York, Razor Ramon really is over like Rover. Oh, because Razor, I mean, he, even though he was a white guy from Minnesota playing a, a Latin drug dealer, he he always had that confident swagger about him that just rubbed off. Like, like he, he really did ooze machismo, as the character said. He was great at his job. He, he, I'd say he's one of at least the five most charismatic wrestlers of all time in terms of not so much mic skills, although he had those, but just, but just oozing energy without even saying anything. The mannerisms, the way he carried himself. Racer had, had star quality. He always had it. So he's he's bullying Russ Greenberg. He puts him in one of my favorite old moves, the abdominal stretch, where he grabs a guy's foot and pulls it up as well. <laughs> you don't see you don't see that one enough. Monsoon at one point, while Bartlett's commentating, goes, "I don't know if I could take this or not. Oh, it's going to get much worse." It's going to get hits so much. Uh, that line made me chuckle when he went, "I don't know. I can tell you much more of this." Oh God. <laughs> We weren't listening to Gorilla there. We're... That was Robert Morella talking at that point. <laughs> Razor hits this violent-looking choke slam that just spikes Greenberg on the back of his head. Oh, God, that was a messy choke slam Uranagi-type concoction. <laughs> That's how Razor did it. Uh, spoiler, watch him versus 123Kid in June. He does it in a much sicker fashion there. And he, and he, then he hoists up Ross for a razor's edge. Uh, that that well, even, seems to take about a thousand years. Even before that, that reverse superplexy that he always proceeded the edge with. I mean, he folded Greenberg up on that landing. Rough and ready. It was like rolling up a sleeping bag, just one end over the other. <laughs> then the edge finishes. It does take a little while, but he does drop him. Crowd loved it. Fun squash, no thanks to Bartlett, who was wrecking some really good Monsoon Heenan banter along the way. Monsoon and Heenan were really trying during this match. This was the this was the match where they were incredibly accommodating. Like, it, after this match, th- they weren't. <laughs> it was just in this yeah. match where they were giving him the benefit of the doubt, and then it all went he- horribly wrong. Heenan was playing along like, I think that's the real Vince. Yeah, I like that. That was good fun where he was like, this is definitely Vince. Definitely Vince. <laughs> and I thought this might make some good shtick all night. And then I realized after about 25 minutes, nah, they're bored now. He didn't turn on him like he was Paul Orndorff. God, just about. It was, uh, it it was hilarious. A, it could have been like where he is trying to pass him off as Vince. And Monster has enough of, of the whole charade at the end of the show. He does something. But I thought by the so... end of it that Rob Bartlett might get a kick in. Heenan and the Monsoon would eventually band together as a duo, the Anti-Bartlett League. <laughs> Rob, Rob Bartlett brought two on-screen mortal enemies together. I did feel for Rob, as we'll, we'll get to it, near the end of the night, <sighs> I was feeling pretty bad for Rob Bartlett. Because he was, he was, let's, let's step away. This isn't Rob Bartlett going into business for himself. This is Rob Bartlett, who's been told by, probably by Vince, to do a Vince impression for the whole of Raw. Okay, man, Vince isn't there, Yeah, and now Vince, that's it. The person who really wanted him to do it 
isn't there to back him up. And you've got all this other chaos on this show. And the last thing, I get the impression, the last thing that Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan need is this dickhead pretending to be <laughs> Vince McMahon. <laughs> and it's, he had, he had one mission to imitate Vince. Like he has no interest in what's actually going on contextually with this show. He's not he's not tied into the gravitas of anything. Although to be fair, it is a throwaway show given the weather circumstances. Yeah, this is just a let's. We we've all had those. I've had those in my day job where it's like this this is going to be a bad one. Let's just let's just push on through. Let's get through together. We can make it home for dinner. <laughs> And it's shows like that. And this was very much a, let's just get it done. Let's just get it done and get out. All that was missing were paper plate flying saucers being held up by strings. This was an Ed Wood production. So our second match of the night then, uh, we have... Hang on. I, I got this because this is my favorite preliminary wrestler ever. Oh, now I looked up this guy and I'm fascinated. Typhoon versus L.A. Gore. Not Al Gore, not then-Vice President Al Gore, but L.A. Gore. Now, I have to describe his look to you. L.A. Gore has a pretty decent physique. Not like muscular, but like a stocky sort of defensive lineman type for maybe an NFL or semi-pro football team. He has a mustache and a perma-mullet, and they are fantastic. He looks like a cross between Jimmy Garvin and Zap Rousdower. It is one hell of a look. Yes, he does not look like a preliminary guy in the slightest. He looks like he should be. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. At least like a mid-card henchman type. In 1987. Do you know what? It's not a look that would have been out of place in the WWF at this point. We're right on that border where that kind of look started to fade like maybe 93, 94, that they stopped. Like people started shaving off the mustaches. Or... This is like when goatees started becoming on vogue. So either you had the goatee, you had the chin part, or you just got rid of the stash in general. Unless you, unless you were Dan Severn or Tom Selleck, you didn't have a mustache at this point. But I thought he had a good look, and I looked him up online, 
And there's not a whole lot of info about him. So what did you find? I found that in about three weeks' time... <laughs> no, actually, I found that he's a former tag team champion with somebody else who I've never heard of. And in about three weeks' time, in a dark match on Monday Night Raw, he faces Russ Greenberg. <laughs> Are you serious? Battle of the Jobbers in about three weeks. It's a dark match. So the MMA referee versus the guy from Final Sacrifice? Absolutely. And, and it's not even on <laughs> Raw that week. It was used LA to warm Earth. up the crowd. I need a time machine. I need an actual DeLorean. An actual Ica-powered DeLorean to go and witness this <laughs> in person. <laughs> He's wondering if there's beer on the sun, L.A. Gore. <laughs> but I, so, I did agree. I loved his look. I genuinely like Al, the look of and the feel of L.A. Gore. It is a throwback for sure. It was a throwback then. So fake Vince drops the words notwithstanding and nevertheless, which shows he at least listens to Vince when he talks. I will say I wrote my notes here. SNL sketching to movie theory fits here. And what I mean by that is with the exceptions of Wayne's World and the Blues Brothers, the original one, that is, every time they tried to turn a Saturday Night Live sketch into a movie, it is bombed because you're taking a six-minute sketch and stretching it out to a 90-minute length of time. And that's what this is. This could have been funny for two minutes, not 45. I've We never got... We never really get Saturday Night Live over here. There's no channel that really carries it. But I even know what your theory is about because I've seen mm -hmm. several Saturday Night Live sketches into movies, and they so you, are all dross. Except Wayne's World and Blues Brothers. Apart from those two. It's the, yes. it's, what's the one where the, the whole sketch is you don't know whether it's a man or a woman? It's Pat. It's Pat. Like, it's time for wow. androgyny. It's Pat. Da, 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 da. I mean, I applaud them for making it into a film. No, you don't. No, I, 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 <laughs> I don't, obviously. But I do in the fact that <laughs> they they managed to make enough content to, to make a film length. I mean, I, I'd you rather can... they hadn't. I'd rather they use their powers for something else. I don't know, scribbling each other's phone numbers on the walls of toilets. That would have been probably... <laughs> just as useful um but it was i'm just amazed they managed to turn it into a film was master of disguise born out of saturday night Live no. as well that was just dana carvey's penchant for impressions and that was just and, dana carvey yeah that was and brent spiner apparently had some car payments he needed to make <laughs> but yeah the snl thing i've never like we don't get snl over here I often find that the SNL sketches that I've seen anyway, they go on too long as it is. Yeah, it's it depends on is the that era that kind you're of the thing. Is that kind of like the the the, the shtick with SNL? Like, well, well, within about two minutes, you you know the gag, but let's stretch it to another three. It really depends on what it is. If it's if it's the Will Ferrell years where it's so absurd that you have to watch then it's going to be hilarious. If it's, if it's the Phil Hartman years with Dana Carvey and John Lovitz, then usually that stuff was tremendous. Or just Chris Farley falling down a lot. That was always fun. But but, but really, it was just... They tried their best with the, with the small amount of time they had per week and to make everything work. I mean, it is a hell of a production. I, I can imagine how difficult that must be to do 20 times a year. Yeah, it's a big, and, it's a big old show to put together. But... Uh, and they have some bad ideas. They've had bad ideas. 
Graham is bad as Rob Bartlett's missing man? I don't know. I think any time you do something that regularly, you're going to have those days where you put a bad idea out and you go, ah, it's just not floated. Sometimes you just put stuff out there because you're thinking, I need to put something out there and it might work and it might not work. Do you know what I I did on the show today that I thought, I don't think this is going to work, but I need to put it, I need to do something. I'm going to put this out there and hope for the best, right? We did, to celebrate the fact that Magic Kingdom are going to start selling alcohol, (laughs) which Disney character would you go for a beer with? (laughs) And I thought, that's not going to get any any traction as soon as i said i thought that's not going to work like i've never had more texts <laughs> for something <laughs> than which disney character do you want to go for a beer with wait do star wars characters count now uh, yes they do Somebody, <laughs> right, actually, you're the second person to ask me that today chewy what what would chewy. what would you and chewy drink well i don't drink i just want to see chewy drink you just want to see just get just to see what happens. Just something I really, just something really sticky that gets all over his fur. Or just to see how belligerent he gets. <laughs> Might level him out. You never know. We're doing it again. I'm afraid. We're do- we're doing it again. We're distracting ourselves from Monday Night Raw. Yes, let's. Typhoon let's is in you. the ring. Monsoon, Monsoon once more because he's Gorilla Monsoon has to misuse the word literally. He says, we have a blizzard that has literally crippled the entire East Coast. My legs have always worked fine. (laughs) I love it when somebody misuses literally. Because of the snow, I have to appear on Jerry Lowe's telethon later this year. (laughs) You'll never walk alone, kid. You'll never walk. No snow. So Typhoon ends up hitting poor, perma-mulleted, stashed L.A. Gore with a scary-looking power slam. It was the snap power slam that he almost didn't quite make the full turn on that looked like it was very nearly very messy for la gore we do have the, the following commentary exchange that did make me laugh because with bartlett wasn't actually involved he went on his pootie tang auctioneer tirade and bobby bobby goes and goes he's almost incoherent he and he goes mcmahon or typhoon monty goes both of them oh so now shockmaster can't talk you know, that's why ole anderson talk for him corner splash hits tidal wave finishes it was what it was yeah, he was just there just because he was around. Yeah, he showed up. So, funny that we mentioned SNL because we have a bumper photo that, that's right out the SNL playbook. As they go to commercial, we have a picture of a raw steak with R-A-W printed on it. Oh, yeah, that was weird. It was like something else Saturday Night Live. It was, it was weird, and as I was digesting that, I wasn't paying enough attention to what happened next so i had to rewind it and watch it again and i think i think justin we watched bobby heenan have a meltdown yeah i'm pretty i could i don't know if this was a shoot or not but we come back from break it's bobby heenan he's about to interview harvey whippleman and giant gonzalez in anticipation of the match with undertaker at wrestlemania 9 so we come back and bobby is yelling at a crewman on the floor about, am I on? Can I talk now? Is it? Uh, I'm thinking, like, is this just something he's doing to entertain the crowd for his own amusement by berating this poor guy? Or is he actually mad at this dude? And I, I, really I, I, couldn't, weird. I couldn't tell from watching it. It felt like there was a technical issue, but Bobby Heenan was trying to style it out as Bobby Heenan would. See, what I think what made Heenan happy would be if he came on the air and announced that Rob Bartlett had been fired from the company, and at ringside, Monsoon was bashing him in the back of the head with a blackjack. 
and sliding them under the table. That would have been perfectly fine. For everybody involved, that would have been perfectly fine. I think even Bartlett would have appreciated it. Kill me now, please. <laughs> yes. So, after this bizarre incident with Heenan and the crew member, we get the commercial consideration. The same action figure ad once more. When are they going to take Carrie Von Eric out of this? I no, mean... I don't think they ever will. I think if they have it now, they never will. I'll tell you what, I have not watched ahead. Let's place a bet right now on what month and year they change up the ad. I'm going to say they change the ad. In... Okay, they're going to change the ad in August 93. I'll say May 93. Okay. Okay, we've got that down. They're crass. I don't think they're that crass. When I say that, I'm leaving a lot of room for margin of error here. I think they are, though. <laughs> I don't trust them. Right. Giant Gonzalez. Okay. Um, okay. They spend a lot of money on this outfit. Giant Gonzalez comes out with Harvey Whippleman. Aesthetically, it, it, it very, very cool. Harvey Whippleman, very, very short. Giant Gonzalez, very, very tall. It's good, good, dynamic, aesthetic. It makes Gonzalez look like a building. And they've, they've gone to a lot of trouble. With Giant Gonzalez's outfit. So it's that kind of mm -hmm. muscle man. I'm not saying it's good, but they've certainly gone to trouble. Uh, muscle and hair, and it looked gladiatorial, like savage creature. I figure more like, like, a, like, a, like a Sasquatch that lives, yes. in, like, lives in the woods and subsists on human beings. Yes. He looks Sasquatchian, except that he's wearing trainers. <laughs> And I couldn't yes. stop looking at his trainers. It kind of killed it for me. I don't know what's worse, that or the goon wearing wrestling boots that were, they were, they were formed in middle resemble hockey skates. <laughs> I mean, there was more effort with that than the fact that you've got this Sasquatch wearing trainers. If he was wearing a wristwatch, it would have made it even worse. That, that would have been hilarious, actually. <laughs> Undertaker, your time is up. <laughs> My time is now. Do, 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 do. Picture John Gonzalez doing the five knuckle shuffle. It's more joyful than well this show, which we've established. Harvey gets a great line in while he is interviewing him because the crowd's booing Gonzalez and booing him, and he says, "You don't have to worry about the way these people react because we're dealing with ignorance. It's obvious." Yeah, that was a good line. Like a... That was a good line. Good shutdown. And I'm wondering if this is like a company mantra. Shut down the comment section of this YouTube video because people don't know what they're talking about. Uh, they hate Roman now. They actually love him. We know that. So he then tries to goad Harvey into hitting Paul Bear, which I thought was kind of funny. Gonzalez gets one line in, which is he has a giant surprise for Taker. And Gonzalez is leaving. They're playing his, his grunty gong music, which actually sounds really creepy. He then goes back to braiding that crew member again. Yeah, because because Heenan's going, okay, am I off? Am I off now? Whilst Gorilla Monsoon is talking over him about what's coming up next. Yeah, it, it was totally out of place. I mean, I, I'm sure he was just irritable because of what he had, to go, had, had gone through up to this point in the broadcast. He's given up on trying to put Bartlett over as, that's the real Vince. That's in the past now. He's fed up now. So we get a vignette that promotes Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania, and we get the following line. Filled more arenas than Ali, Foreman, and Sugar Ray combined. <laughs> and I'm thinking... Yeah, mate. Of course you did, mate. You know, I'm thinking, how many times does Ali fight a year? <laughs> That's not even counting the 297,000 people that watched him at WrestleMania 3 
pick up Andre oh. the Giant and throw him 20 feet in the air. Oh, 847 pounds of Andre. Yeah. Twice. And then with and then with tears in his eyes, Earl Hebner said it was the most beautiful match you ever had. No, wait, that was... I'm sorry, that was Brett's story. My mistake. Speaking of Brett, he is treated like an absolute afterthought in this ad. The WWF champion, Brett the Hitman Hart, he's, he's got a match against somebody. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the, the Samoan, I mean the Japanese guy. But, I mean, Hulk Hogan's going to be at WrestleMania, and these other guys will be there, too. Oh, it was so sad that he was such an afterthought. Brett was behind the inanimate carbon rod on the depth chart at this point. What a shame. What a shame. So we have what I thought was the best match of the night. Keep in mind, I mean, we're almost grading on a curve here. Papa Shango versus Bob Backlund. You thought this was the best match of the night? I did. Wow. Did. I thought this was abysmal. What? This match was awesome. I I love the I love the dynamic of Backlund versus Shango, but it just felt like one long headlock. They actually like wrestled. They had a competitive match. It just I don't I don't know. I mean, I what uh, to, to some context as to where I watched this. It was in a it was in a coffee shop, and I'd I'd had a relatively big lunch, so whether I was just sleepy, but I remember just going, "This is really boring." I just couldn't get into it. Just felt long, and I do, I think as well the comment. I think I think the commentary didn't help. This is oh, the no, point no. when they turned on Rob Bartlett pretty savagely. And it was just every time he opened his mouth, uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heaton were thinking of creative ways to kill him and, mm-hmm. and vocalizing them. A couple thoughts here. One, I want to see angry presidential candidate Bob Backlund take on The Godfather. Yeah, that'd be nice. With Darren I mean, Young in his corner. Yes. <laughs> we're going to make these hoes great again. Oh, make the hoes great again. That's the line. <laughs> And the and the irony here is that a year later, remember when Bob Backlund turned heel by snapping? Yeah, that was a great heel turn when he lost it. Do you know what the plan was for that? Papa Shango was supposed to have cursed Backlund to make him act bizarre. That so was how they're this might have back. been the, this this could have potentially been the impetus of the cursing. It could have been. So. It's, but, but instead, Backlund got so well over on his own with his crazy old man act that they just left Shango out of it and brought him back as Kama the Supreme Fighting Machine. That's brilliant. That's great. I mean, I'm glad they didn't because I, because... I think Backlund just snapping and just, just becoming this, this curmudgeon was, was one of the highlights of 93. Because <laughs> Backlund is such an odd fit in the WWF yes. at this point, such an odd fit that you that you have to kind of go extra with him. And they did. Even and making promos, him the champion down the road. And his promos were so unflappable. Where he where he would just address the crowd in, in, in his in his like booming, you know, commanding voice with his big words that he'd he'd get wrong half the time or he'd, he'd misuse like talking about how kids kids would be eating marijuana and things like that. I don't want to go too far into it because, you know, a year and a half from now, we'll be discussing that. Yeah, I'm excited Merrily, to discuss the, the mental meltdown of Bob Backlund. I will say the best description of Bob Backlund's voice comes from Chris Jericho's first book. When his, his high-pitched sort of, like, elated squeal sounds like SpongeBob on Quaaludes. <laughs> I like that. That's nice. I like that. Because <laughs> he... 
You can almost picture it. And I, I was sad during this match because the Gonzalez interview had made me forget that Bartlett even existed. Yeah, like, and then, oh, crap, and then he suddenly he started piping up again. And this time he was really going to town with the gibberish. Just like going... Blah, 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 literally making that noise at some points. Yeah, and then Monsoon, Monsoon actually goes, I'm going to knock him out. And he, <laughs> says, and, and he never... And he never responds, go ahead, I'll hold him. <laughs> I didn't I'm, Monsoon I'm like, at one point just yell, stop. Just went, stop! Stop! Poor Bartlett. I really, I felt for Rob Bartlett during this bit. I know earlier on I called him a dickhead. They're running on a skeleton of people who probably don't know what they're doing. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan have got like a half idea of what's happening, but not the full idea of what's happening. And then they've, <laughs> and Rob Bartlett, who has made it, who has fought through the snow to be there with the one statement from Vince McMahon being, do an impression of me for the whole show. So he's doing what he's been told, but the guy who instructed him to do that isn't there <laughs> to have his back. So he's just, it's like if your mate invites you to a party mm-hmm. and he says, oh, me and you, it's a, it's a fancy dress party. We are going to go to this fancy dress party and we are going to be dressed as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Your mate bails on the party. Mm-hmm. But says, oh, I can't. Literally at the last minute, as you're approaching the door of the house, fails on the party mm-hmm. and says, oh, I can't make it, mate, but have a nice time. You'll know such and such a people there. And you go into the room and multiple people in the room have a fear of turtles. And so you've walked into this party and you have just upset a massive percentage of the room. And. You, you're just doing what someone else has told you to do, and you have to spend the rest of the night awkwardly dressed as a turtle. <laughs> Whilst everybody else goes, what a dick. You must have known that Sarah has turtle phobia. I don't know who Sarah is. Well, she's over there, and she's crying her eyes out, and this is your fault. <laughs> I said, no, but I, Mike said dressed as a turtle. Well, Mike's not here, but you are, and you've ruined the night. It's that. That's what I feel for Rob Bartlett. <laughs> It's not like the best episode of Punked ever. <laughs> so that's why I feel for him, because he's just... And God love him. He is plowing on regardless. He has got two of the greatest commentators in the history of wrestling thinking of creative ways to kill him after the show. And he should, and he should, he should, he should have been outside. He should have been outside plowing. He could have helped everybody else get to the show. You know, all the competent people. And I do feel for him. Like, God and love he, him. If you want to know where Monsoon's head was at this point, he's talking about taking Rob Bartlett to see Dr. Kevorkian. I heard and then, that lie. And then, and then it adds, one visit will be sufficient. Yes, he's talking, about taking, he's talking about taking Rob Bartlett to the infamous suicide doctor who had the suicide machine. He's about hooking him up to the tubes, the, <laughs> the, the whatever, and filling him with whatever, whatever chemicals needed to induce death. And why? Because he was doing a bad Vincent Mann impression next to him on the telly. And for, for at, at this point, at least more than a half hour. So Shango and Backlund happens. I'm going to let you talk about it because this is your favourite match, apparently. I thought it was dreadful. <laughs> I thought I it was take too so ma- bad. I, I didn't take too many physical notes on the match because, or was it written notes, not physical it was notes. Rubbish. Written notes on the match. Because it was rubbish. <laughs> no, because I was too busy It was such a great on... match, I didn't write any notes about it. <laughs> I, was, I, was bit, 
I was busy listening to Auditory Chernobyl at ringside. <laughs> That's a great description of what is happening. <laughs> I put they're having a decent match, and it's very wrestle heavy. There's no gimmickry here. Small package finished out of nowhere. It was the it was the small package version of the RKO. Chunga got a slam, tried for another. Backlund just cradled him and pinned them. Crowd goes nuts because they love Bob Backlund. And you know Bob walked in the snow to get there while carrying, while carrying his car on his back. You know he did. <laughs> in his pants. Yes, because because Bob is superhuman. At age seven, he's like fitter than you or whatever, but I'm going to go back and rewatch that match at some point in my life, and, and I'll discern whether you're right or wrong. I didn't say it was great. I said it was the best match on this show. It was, it was like a two-star match, <laughs> and it was fine. It was, it was perfectly acceptable TV. On a night like this, it was perfectly acceptable. Yes, I mean, as you can see, we're all a kilter here. So we but... have, um, so we've had Sh- uh, Shango and Backland, and we then have Gorilla Mons, not Mean Gene Oakland. We have Mean Gene Oakland talking us through WrestleMania Nine. Yes. So a nice update on WrestleMania Nine, uh, discussing Yokozuna battering a jobber and hitting the bonsai drop several times using <laughs> using the line imagine a quarter of a ton landing on you flush bad choice of words <laughs> that's the perfect summation of this show up to this point it's a yes flush and bad choice of words mean jeans had work hasn't he yes he has you, yeah there's there's you can tell but the problem the problem is he still looks old he just looks like old with with slightly slightly more purse-like skin. He just looks skeptical. <laughs> maybe that was the look he was going for. Can you uh, make me skeptical? <laughs> he has this permanent look now. Like, can you believe this? <laughs> I think on a night like this, it fits. It really does. What I liked was the. <laughs> You see, WrestleMania 9 is sponsored by Iker Pro. I know how how do they get them? <laughs> I wonder. But we have, we actually have close-ups of the actual products inside the Iker Pro system, and I wrote down some of the names of the products, the powders, the vitamins, so on and so forth. These are what they're called. And this is, and these are just some of these aren't all of them. Night Force, Adaptogenic Formula, Muscle Mist, and Super Protein. What do you think Muscle Mist is? That was the one that confused me. Muscle Mist. That suggests that that to me sounds like it should be a like a, a cologne for people who've been to the gym. Or a club in a certain part of town. <laughs> Muscle Mist was the one that confused me. I'm assuming it, it, I I could be wrong here. I I could be mixing up a couple things, but I remember Bruce Pritchard was asked about Ico Pro on his 1990 timeline from KFAB commentaries. I think he said it was like a nasal spray. I could be totally wrong. I could be confusing a couple things here, but I think I know he's talking about some of the products that did, had like these granola bars and some sort of like some sort of licorice product that he didn't care for. And he said, I mean, he said it was like all nasty, all of it. But I think if he didn't mention it, somebody else did. There was like like a spray. So I'm guessing that's if if I'm right. The heavy what muscle mist was. It was a nose spray to make you muscly. I, I don't know, or like, like a wow. tongue spray, some 
like, like a throat spray it could be. I, I don't know. It's I, I, I throat's I not muscly enough. <laughs> that's why I talk like that. That's why I talk like. Is that that's that's what Vince has. He has the he has the muscle mist. Beforehand, he talked like, "Hello, I'm Vince McMahon. I'm just that's better." No, no, but no, no, before I stuff, he talked like Bartlett. That's why Bartlett got the job. <laughs> Bartlett is Vince pre-muscle mist. <laughs> yes, <laughs> before and after. <laughs> oh, now, the the part that cracked me up is Mean Gene talking about the opening procession for WrestleMania Nine when they had the that parade of animals and damsels and and Roman guards and all that, which was admittedly a really cool moment. It was a great opening to the show. Yeah. But I mean, here's a man talking about the the big pay per view of the year, and he mentions the Egyptian guards and the belly dancers. <laughs> and I'm thinking like. God damn, things have changed. They're desperate at this point. They're using any tactics to bring in casual <laughs> audiences. We're going to have half-naked women come on down. It's family entertainment. Vegas said so. I liked uh, at the end of this when Mean Gene called Rob Bartlett for no reason Bob Barker. Did you catch even, this? I did because even he's tired of him from a distance. <laughs> He's saying, hey, so uh, it was at the end when Mean Gene was talking about how great he's going to look at a toga. He said, I can't wait to see you, Gorilla, in a toga and you, Bob Barker, wearing a toga. <laughs> this show is a shambles. Such a, not even a pre-recorded Mean Gene segment had its business together tonight. No, every, everything is just embarrassingly off. <laughs> And so, so Gene, this is this to me was when the when I realised this is this is abandoned. Just turn the show off now, because Mean Gene made this comment to Gorilla saying, "Oh, can't wait to see you in a toga," and Bob Barker, you in a toga. They cut back to the announce table, and Gorilla Monsoon has taken such umbrage with this comment, saying, "Oh, Mean Gene thinks he's going to look great in a toga. Who's he kidding?" Just like got really angry at Mean Gene. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, okay, I want to throw a British uh, turn of phrase at you, Justin. And you're normally, like, out of all my American friends, you're one of my favorites and you are amazing. Oh, oh, no, thank you. And you're also really good in terms of, like, British turn of phrase. So you might know okay. this already. But I wrote in my notes everybody in this show has got a cob on. A cob on. Got a cob on, which basically means they're just in a foul mood. Like, like if you're if you're out with somebody and they're just grumpy and they're grumbling all the time, you say, mm-hmm. "Why have you got a cob on? What have you got a cob on about?" To me, every like, and that was the only way I could describe it in my notes. Everybody on commentary <laughs> tonight has got a cob on. Like everybody's just angry. <laughs> I wrote in my, I wrote in my notes. John Belushi's fraternity from Animal House is more responsibly run than this show. <laughs> and that's not a bad that's not a bad analogy either. It was it was just at this point where I went, this is this is all gone really wrong. <laughs> this, this, this was a bigger disaster than what was outside. And do you know what? The main event maybe could save it. Oh, hang on. No. The main event is the Nasty Boys versus the Head Shrinkers. This wasn't terrible. This wasn't terrible. This is what, of... what I thought was the best match of the night. 
Which is I mean, horrible uh, thinking. I, I wouldn't take too much umbrage with that because it, it was fun at least. It was a fun match. It was a it was a good fun match. Nasty boys are over like Rover because and, of reasons. Well, I mean, because they're energetic and they're and they're good brawlers and they're fun to watch for the most part. I mean, they're not scientifically skilled, but they are fun to watch. Any of the matches they had with Cactus and Sullivan in WCW, or even Cactus and Max Payne, and one Coliseum video match, it was them versus Money Inc. was a tremendous match. These two could have great matches. Cause it, I mean, they would bump like crazy. They had no problems taking bumps. These two would, would just fling around the ring like like they were cruiserweights, just getting thrown around by, by whoever their opponent was. They were they were fun to watch. Well, they, either way, I were, think this was, this was the best match of the night, to their credit. Easily. Yeah. Um, I like back on Shango, but it's I can see why you'd pick this. I did like before the match, the chubby Rosati girl was carrying the sign around, and they both embraced her like she was like like a, like, a, like the hottest the hottest of all the hotties, and that was pretty funny. Actually. That was adorable. No Asa here, because even Asa could see this this was a disaster waiting to happen. Thank God, because if Arthur had turned up, they probably would have put him on commentary too. Arthur would have saved the commentary, and I realized in a match with the Nasty Boys and the Head Shrinkers. Three of the four men of this match are notorious for rubbing a smelly part of their body in somebody's face. Wrestling! And Samu being the lone exception. The Stink's face, of course, being the spiritual successor to the pit stop. That was that was true. Very true. This match mm. pretty much descended into anarchy shortly. should have. It should have from the start. Huh. Although, Heenan and Bartlett did bundle the catchphrase. It's uncooked. Uncooked! And uncooked! At this point, after what has been such a shambolic night on commentary, I wouldn't have even attempted the catchphrase. I'd have just got my head down and just got through it. I'm I'm amazed there there's no f bombs at this point from one of the commentators. Just like I just let it all hang out. They did well just to hide it. They did well to hide it. Actually, that was it. That wasn't. That was that was another thing. In that bit after Gorilla had lost his mind with pre-recorded Mean Gene suggesting that he'll look good in a toga. And then they went and they announced the main event. Bobby Heenan takes a sip of drink and he's like, "Okay, yeah, come on, let's go, let's do something." <laughs> like, like he, he's getting so annoyed at this show. He's like, "Come on, let's just work, let's get something right." This is just what a blooper. It was a blooper reel from start to finish. It was a, the, the, the show is worth watching for the meltdown of the commentary team alone. Which brings me. To the one moment that made me laugh legitimately, because Barla had, co- had a coherent moment. They come out of the commercial break, and, and Heenan's trying to sell this match like, a, like, a, like an absolute out of, out of control wild brawl. He says, during the break, they were throwing you over to the steps. They were doing this, doing that. It was so crazy. Then Bartlett, in the midst of imitating Vince, talks about how one member of the Nasty Boys pulled a small child out of the crowd and used him as a weapon. And Monsoon, right Cut them off at the very end of something. He just, "Will you stop?" <laughs> <laughs> that that part cracked me up. I almost dropped my laptop to the floor at that point. Like that that killed me. You, you just you could just sense the the true frustration in Monsoon on this night. God rest his soul. But you could just sense he he, he was not he was not having a nice day. I mean, keeping in mind that I'm laughing at this show the same way that you laugh at the room. Yes, this is the this is the room of Raw. <laughs> I now want Tommy Wiseau on commentary more than anything. 
So they fall out of the ring and they're brawling away and they find a catering area next to the entrance. What did I say about a responsibly run show? (laughs) Somebody put the catering area on the wrong side. Now, they tried to sell it like it was like a concession area, like like everybody just have random stuff. Hey, walk over here and have a hot dog if you want. <laughs> just like a random table. Come and have a hot dog from the table. Yes, and we have a food fight, as we should have. At one point, Samu grabs a, a bottle of mustard, or, or a squeeze bottle of mustard, goes to squirt it, and he slips on the, the front of his toes and just face plants. I mean, this was like a, a flare flop on fast forward. I like them using the mustard whilst trying to deflect a steel chair. Yes, that's a good counter. <laughs> and 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 whilst this is happening, so whilst this this is defend, descended into a farce, you've got Gorilla mm-hmm. Monsoon saying, "Well, WWF is really good with its charity work, and we do a lot of good stuff for charity. That's we're going to tell you about it right now." <laughs> and at that point. I didn't write this down. I yelled at my TV. I said, "What charity? You're wasting food." <laughs> That's exactly one of the one of the charities they talk about is headlock on hunger, sending food to Somalia. People could use that mustard, you pricks. <laughs> so instead so, of so the... you're saying. <laughs> so what happens now is instead of the the Vince McMahon, because we were told at the beginning of Raw, that Vincent Mann was receiving an award tonight, and we were going to cross live to this award <laughs> ceremony. Is this why Heenan got upset earlier, because they were supposed to cut to that one point, and he's waiting for it to be over, but it never started? Could have been. Because what they ended up, what we end up having instead is a, like a video package about how brilliant the WWF is. Yes, this is the precursor to what you see today with the we're good people, video packages, and you know a, a lot of self-backpacking. Not to say that what they do isn't good for the charities. I don't want to go too far into this, but and it, it's it's one thing to give and, and be a philanthropist and, and to give back to me. That's great. That's awesome. But when you have to tell people how great you are, it gets a little tiring. Yeah, and they told us for about two minutes. And how Sean Lee narrated the video. I... I, I couple things about the video. This may have been the first time I've ever seen Linda McMahon in a video. Or in any, any form of, uh, on WB programming. Oh, it, m- it might very, have been, actually. Because she pops up very briefly. In it. Yeah. yeah. He, hearing Savage address the crowd about drug use using his gentler voice is weird. And I like the nasties who talked about how nasty they were. But drugs weren't cool. Yeah. But when you smoke, you're not cool. That's it. When you smoke, you're not cool. Jesse Jackson pops up in a video at one point, which is a bizarre sight given you know, just the state of this show. It's like, hey, there's Reverend Jesse Jackson. Oh, right. <laughs> because every, because everything else has been weird tonight. Let's have Jesse Jackson on here too. And and this is the topper. Like, like I'm, I'm not rolling my eyes yet. I'm just thinking, I'm like, oh, this is what everybody does. It's not just wrestling. They Everybody pats themselves on the back. NFL with their salute to the troops, and everybody does this. You know, it's and at the very end of the video, there's a freeze frame of Vince at some charity function. It looked like he died. To... <laughs> and they they put a spot shadow over his, his face, like like you can't miss him. He's not like somebody in in a crowd during a ride that you're trying to show somebody on the news. It's just him and Sergeant Slaughter in his peripheral, and they they put the spot shadow over Vince's head, 
and it says, present CEO, Vincent Man, Titan Sports. And I'm thinking, well, of course that's how they're going to end it. Because if they're going to put angel wings on him, if they had the technology to do that, they would have put a little halo over his head. This <laughs> is like, could you have been any more transparent than what you're doing? If we it get it. amazing. <laughs> I almost made the face Woody Harrelson made in Kingpin. When he saw the commercial with Bill Murray, with all, with all, retouching all the women, these kids could have been munsoned. And that, that look of disgust and shock crept across my face. Like, holy. It was it was very self-congratulatory. And, <laughs> and, and right at the end, um, particularly gruesome. <laughs> and then they picked a hell of a note to end it on. My God! So that's the end. So, so Monday Night Raw ends with uh, the three commentators once again talking about what's happening next week, and then I don't even think Bartlett talks, but they announce the matches for next week, and then then Mean Gene and Bobby Heenan agree to go outside, roll him in snow, <laughs> and dress him as a snowman. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's uh, and Barlow just makes some disturbed faces, and that's it. What an odd episode of Raw! <laughs> All in that was we... this weekend. We watched this. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I yeah. want to watch Cody Rhodes fulfilling a a, a dynasty dream of becoming NWA champion? All right, what if when we I can watch Typhoon? What if, combined it what if Samu picked up one of the giant inflatable penises and squirted Jerry Sags with it? That would have been sensational. That would have been the ultimate of matchups. <laughs> now they're the really nasty boys. So um, this Raw was from start to finish, and then a lot of it was out of their hands. I think pretty much all of it was out of their hands. This Raw was a shambles. <laughs> out, of, out of all the episodes I've watched, this is definitely one of them. This was this was a very much um, this was the uh, the elements were against them. Uh, big old snowstorm hit in America. <laughs> Ten wrestlers turned up. You've got to put a show on that's live, <laughs> and you've just got to work with the tools that you've got. And that was unfortunately the tools that they had. If this show aired live in the social media era, we would never take the company seriously ever again. I'm trying to think whether you could have put together a better show with the card um, that you had. Well, first, well, let's see. Well, first thing you have to do is subdue Bartlett somehow. Yeah, <clears throat> I'd have, <clears throat> I'd have had Gonzalez attack him. You, you, you could have done that. I would have had Monsoon wrestle for all time's sake. <laughs> oh yes, wrestle LA Gore. No, I'm in. I'm in for that. <laughs> Two throwbacks to a different time. Could you have done um, a six-man main event? Could you? Oh, you're done... kind of chance it was just ten. Leg- nah, I think I think Head Shrinkers and Ramon would have been a weird team. I I don't know. That would have been kind of interesting. Well, where you put with the Nasties? Backland. Nasties and Backland. <laughs> that would be weird. Can you imagine Backland doing the pit stop. <laughs> it would have been quite fun. Papa Shango. Shango and the Head Shrinkers. That would have worked. 
Well, actually, yeah, because he got Godfather and Rikishi on the same show, and and neither was in their most famous role. Could you? You could have done something. You could have, like, because you had the opportunity. If if you if your roster's that depleted, had they announced somewhere Backland and Ramon at this point for WrestleMania? I. Not from what I've seen. Because if I your mean, roster's if I... that depleted and you know that's a match you're going to do, you could do something with those two. You could have done a raffle and the, and the fan who wins gets to wrestle Russ Greenberg. Brilliant. I'd have been all, I'd have been all over that. Yeah. We did, uh, I remember years ago, I'm going to spin a, a little wrestling yarn. It's one of my favorite wrestling angles. It was a company I used to work for in Shrewsbury. And we mm-hmm. had a plant wrestling fan. Okay. Who was obsessed with this one wrestler. So every time he came out, he had handmade signs. He was the only one cheering him. We had this, and it ran for months. This guy's job was to be the plant wrestling fan to cheer this guy. And then the okay. one night, we did, a, we did a raffle, and it was a free raffle. So when you arrived, you got a free raffle ticket. And the winning ticket would decide who would face the champion in the main event. <laughs> And because it was a free raffle, we could have some fun with it. And lo and behold, the number that won was the fan in the crowd that we planted who jumped up and went, it was me, it was me. And the the payoff was superb because everybody booed and everybody knew what was happening. They're like, oh, we know who he's going to pick. And it was was just wonderful storytelling from beginning to end. And it was just beautiful. I loved it made me so happy. I still talk about it to this day. But would somebody bring fans or should I bring signs like that to a harass Russ Greenberg? I I would. I'd happily still. I out. mean, he, he'll kick the tar out of me, but I'd wrestle Russ Greenberg. That's fine. Yeah, he looks like a pretty tough dude. He looks and, tough as onions. And he always got to respect the flat top mullet combo since oh. Sting popularized it. Oh, he yeah, he rocked that look completely. Um, it was... Let us let's let's roll on to next week. So, what have we got to look forward to next week? I didn't even listen to what Monsoon said at the end of the show because at this point, I, I, I was like, I was like a plane crash survivor at the end of the show. I, I <laughs> was just just, <laughs> my just brain reeling. Like, my brain needed falling out. Well, next week we are just... back in the Manhattan Center. We know that much. We know the weather will be better, and we'll have a full roster. So, hopefully, a more normal episode of Monday Night Raw next week. Because technically, it is the go-home show of WrestleMania since the week after was the condensed March to WrestleMania special, which which we did not have. Ooh, exciting. So next week... So this is... We go home for Mania. Is this the show where Hogan drives out in the beer truck and sprays Yokozuna with, and Mr. Fuji with all the suds? Or... Oh, I wish it was. Oh, and that, and that... I want it to be. How to get up the stairs of the Manhattan Center? I flew, brother. Red Bull gives you wings. <laughs> it's like twisted metal. So, so next week, um, Justin is on holiday, but you are gonna you are gonna grace us with your presence to do another podcast. Oh, absolutely, because it can't be any worse than this week. Ah, lovely. Uh, for at JRH writing, I'm at Tom Campbell. This has been the Cultaholic Classic Raw review, and as confirmed by Adam Pacitti, we are allowed indeed to use this. Join us with a question mark. Love you, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 